What's going on, everybody? Welcome to ESPN's Aussie Hoops Hour. I'm Olgan Ulrich. Uh, I am joined by uh, my good friend and colleague, Pete Hawley. Hi, Pete. How are you, mate? There's a little bit to talk about. A little bit. We are recording this on a Thursday mm-hmm. uh, afternoon. This is a day after the Adelaide 36 has announced that they parted ways with head coach CJ Bruton. Uh, this entire episode, we generally focus on a lot of things. We go sort of up and down the NBL, maybe hit some NBA stuff, Australians there, boomers things. This episode will be quite Adelaide-centric. Mm-hmm. Not just because you are an Adelaide-man, uh, a person from Adelaide, but because they are the talk of the town. There is a lot of fallout from the decision that went down yesterday. And then contextually, it's important to to put Adelaide in their box. It's, it's important to look at the context of that team over the past few seasons, mm-hmm. how they ended up here, where they go from here. Um, I'm going to do the formalities first, and okay. then we can react to just because just we have to get this stuff out of the way. Uh it was technically by mutual agreement. Um, so those are fun. CJ Bruton had one more. This was the final year of CJ Bruton's contract in Adelaide. He had been there for two and a bit seasons. Over the course of his time in Adelaide, he was 27 and 40. That was his overall record there. He will be replaced by Scott Ninnis, who was one of his assistant coaches, who uh, will be the interim head coach for the remainder of the season. Uh, let's quote. The 36 CEO, Nick Barbado here. We thank CJ for his tireless efforts, both on and off the court, but we believe it's time to go in a new direction. The 36's organization would like to thank CJ for his time at the club and wish him and his family all the best for their future endeavors. Uh, right off the bat, so the 36 was 4-9 and nine mm. on the season. Not in a great place. We sort of knew this was the expectation for this team, but right off the bat, the decision for the 36 is to part way with CJ Bruton. What was the first reaction to that? I felt like I, we all knew it was coming in a weird way. It's weird to say that in the NBL because it, this doesn't happen. I mean, two coaches now this season. It doesn't happen often. No. Last season with James Duncan was an anomaly. Yes. Uh, someone getting fired mid-season. It doesn't happen in the NBL. And I have a theory on this as well, but okay. you go and then we... Well, and, but that's why. So I was like, oh, I think it's going to happen. But also, okay, Jacob Jacobus at the Hawks. And then I'm like, to have two in a year, it just, it's, a, it's such a rare thing to happen um, yeah. in, in the NBL. Um, and I'm just like, this is it, actually going to happen. And for, for the Tasmania game to be like, I guess, the, the nail in the coffin, the last thing, doesn't shock me too much. But you, you mentioned how he's got the rest of this season. And I look at, okay, what's what's to go with? They're 4-9 and nine right now. Are they probably going to make the plane? Probably not. No. So do you do you make the move now? Like, what are you going to get out of the season going forward with the change right now? And uh, and we've both spent a lot of time with CJ, phenomenal human being. It's a, he's a he's a great bloke, and and we've seen him have success in the assistant coaching role, and I'm sure he's going to have a big future. But I was shocked, but then again, in the old grammar scheme of things, it's just like as I keep saying, it's like this is so rare to happen in the NBL, and it takes yeah. you by surprise. To be it's been three weeks now, we've lost two coaches. I mean, we're not even midway through the season, mm. and two coaches have been fired. One theory that someone posited to me was that there is way more media scrutiny on the league and it's that's pushed by the league because mm-hmm. the, the league now has its sort of media arm that it pushes. Um, and then there are people like us, people like News Corp and, and, and SEN and all these outlets covering the league now in in a more sort of aggressive way, in a, in a more sort of, I wouldn't say not a nuanced way, but they're, they're more sort of nitty gritty. And so there's pressure. And there's more pressure than there ever has been. And that pressure is now yeah. public. And I think that comes with the and the eyes from like all around the world and now yeah. watching the league. So it's almost like in, in years gone by, you're four and nine. Season's kind of over. Let's just ride it out and, and it is what it is. If, if you have ugly, no one's really watching. If you have right? ugly performances, well, there's next stars, there's mm. eyes everywhere, not just from people on next stars, but like there's interest around the world watching this league. 
No one wants to see teams continue to struggle, go down the same path. So hang on, we, we do have to make a move because there are going to be those eyes on us. And also, we the NBL continues to attract some pretty high-level talent. So that's another thing of like, do we want, if this season, say for Adelaide and Illawarra, that they kept going down this path and they both finished with five wins for the season. If you're an NBA player who's on the brink and you're like looking and you get a call from the Adelaide 36ers and you start watching the back end of the season... It's not as attractive, is it? So no. it, it does make sense when you look at it like that, but it's, it is still weird to happen in the NBL. Yeah, and and to echo your point, I think everyone around the league really likes CJ Bruton mm-hmm. as a guy. Yep. Uh, so similar to Jacob Jacobus, he was a really good assistant coach. And I think people around the league still see him as a really solid assistant For sure. coach. Uh, I don't. I personally don't think that head coaching is out of the realm of possibility for CJ Bruton in the future. Um, I think he was... Uh, burdened a lot by the fact that he had to be a GM as well. Mm-hmm. That's not something he wanted to do. It's not something he's qualified to do. Yeah. Being GMing is is a tough thing to do. So that that sort of I think hindered him and then the roster construction was bad. Yeah. Uh and that's a part of it too. From uh the the Mitch McCarran contract was a really big one that sort of handcuffed them a little bit. Bringing in imports like Trey Kell and Jamal Franklin. Trey Kell has not lived up to expectations, unfortunately. Jamal Franklin was not very good. Mm-hmm. Um, and then just generally up and down the roster. So not, it's, not, it's not a great balanced roster. The whole Trenton Flowers situation to start the season. Yeah. Like he was a point guard, but they're not a point guard. We forget about all this, don't we? <laughs> it feels yeah, like, like this... having last season. Right. Um, and on that, you mentioned the assistant coach thing just before we get into the nitty-gritty. So many times we see assistant coaches go to, to be a head coach and, and that transition, and a lot of people just think, oh, yep, okay, that's easy. They're, they're ready. It's a lot harder than it looks. And I yeah. couldn't fathom doing it because I'm just trying to think, you go from potentially being that X's and O's and the individual guys and cutting up the film to having to deal with players on a more personal level in the head coaching role and kind of stepping away from X's and O's and, and trusting your assistant coaches. When Adam Ford stepped into Sydney and then mm. went to Cairns, and I remember speaking to him back then, and he was like, this is really hard to do. Yeah. So he just said, screw it. I'm going to create my own niche up here in Cairns with a bunch of youngsters that I relate well with, and I'm going to just continue to be who I am instead of if he was in a higher market team where he'd have to change that kind of niche, I don't think it would work, which he he's a very he's an anomaly in, in being able to have that success. I mean, him being in Sydney, and it's similar to... Uh, Bruton in Adelaide, where yeah. it's your first time as a head coach and you're given this expensive roster, or at least at the very least, the perception of an expensive yeah. roster. So the expectations that is very tough. Yep. It's in the same way that when you throw young players in situations where they have to win right away, yeah. I immediately think of like a Ben Simmons being thrown into Philadelphia, being forced to win right away. There's a, there's a part where it like stunts your development mm-hmm. a little bit because you can't go out there and make mistakes. So you don't have the sort of the latitude to go and make the mistakes. Uh, this 36ers team, you sort of judge them post-DJ Vasiljevic, that signing. Um, and the loss to Tasmania, it did, it did a weird thing to the numbers, the advanced stats. It, it made them a bit noisy uh, because they're slightly skewed. So it's important to note that, but it's important to count all their wins and losses. Since DJ joined, 36ers are ninth in offense and they're ninth in defense. Mm. They got worse. They, they, or at least at the very least, they didn't get any better. Yep. Um, so there was just no trajectory. There was no sense that this team was moving in any direction, at the very least, the right direction. Um, I think they had that New Zealand win was huge, obviously. DJ's big in the fourth in quarter Zealand. in New Zealand. And then yeah. that one against the Phoenix at home when it looked like it was over. And then, yeah, that you look back at that now, and Adelaide, they rode the wave of momentum, but also yeah. Phoenix just 
fell apart in, I feel like, in a I major feel, way. I feel like exciting shot making is a really good way to mask bad basketball. Yeah. Um, and that's like that that is a, across the board as well. For example, like Vasilevich's shooting numbers are not great, but he hits big shots sometimes, and so that does mask mask things because you're going to get wins from that too. So that that's a part of this Th- this circumstance with CJ getting moved on. It came with a lot of stuff happening in the background, and so. Stuff that I've been told, speaking to people over the past like forty hours. Uh, you haven't slept, have you? I was. <laughs> I've been. I've been in Brisbane the past few days. I, I watched their their win over the Hawks. It's been really fun being out there. Um, and then I was going to go to Bullets practice yesterday morning, and then all of a sudden I couldn't because yeah. uh, a lot was happening. Um, but he, here's what I was told: It was Monday. CJ was called into the office of. Uh, Grant Kelly and Nick Barbato. Grant Kelly, the owner of the team, Nick Barbato, the CEO. Um, and he was basically told uh, that Mitch McCarron, Sunday Detch, Jason Giddy, uh they will no longer be part of the rotation for the upcoming game. Right? That he was told to cut that rotation. Basically, upper management said, these are the plays you can play. And those three guys were not on it. Uh, there was an insistence to bench Isaac Humphreys as well. And so all of a sudden, you have three of their veteran guys, mm-hmm. their proven guys, um, again, who've had up and down seasons. I think McCarron's been shooting it well this season. Sunday Detch hasn't really had an opportunity to do much. Uh, Jason Cadiz's been up and down as well, but three guys who CJ Britton was told, we don't want these guys to play next game. Uh, when it comes to Mitch McCarron and Sunday Detch, there is a feeling that that the decision makers of this team don't want them to play at all mm. for the rest for the remainder of the season. Because of a lot of things, uh, Mitch McCarron's on the final year of a contract. Uh, they tried to move him this offseason. That didn't end up happening. There is some slight resentment there. Sunday Detch is another one where he is on contract next season. And I get a sense that they sort of want to make him feel resentful and want to just move on from his contract. And so I don't know what's going to happen there, but I don't see a world where either of those two guys, either of those two parties are on Adelaide next season. So that's a that's a big part of it where CJ Bruton was told to do these things. Whether this happens with Scott Ninnis now as the head coach, as interim head coach, we will see. But he did mention in his press conference that some of the veterans are going to sit and he's going to play a lot of their young guys. Um, so that is that is one of the things that happened that made this a really noisy affair. Um, and in my opinion, just not a very healthy one. It scares me if that does happen. Um we haven't seen, firstly, throwing kids in, in the deep end in the NBL, it's very rare to see them come out and have success. They might have a couple of big games. Kids and, are generally bad. Right. And again, like we, we're we going to have anomalies in this Josh Kitty looking all out or what they, they're, they're anomalies and they're in the NBA now yeah. for, for a reason. But when you throw kids into the fire, essentially, against a lot of well-situated teams, a lot of teams that want to run the score up now, want to get their points on the board, want to try to put some space on the ladder. It, it doesn't always work out. And, and again, there might be those flashes where you're like, oh, geez, this is fun. Like, let's get up and about. But what always helps that be sustained over the, a few weeks if you start to show a promise is a veteran calming presence, both in the locker room, which I don't think they'll lose. I think those players you mentioned, Mitch McCarron, Jason Kadee, and Sunday Ditch, aren't ones who are going to be like, well, if you're benching me, I'm out. I'm, like, I'm yeah. checking out. I think they're actually going to be fully invested and say, you know what? I, um, it, it's, I, I said it on the way up here. I was like, if that was what I was told, it's kind of like, well, if you don't laugh, you're going to cry. So let's just buy yeah. in. And it is what it is. Like we, we've had our struggles here, but um, I don't, I think you still need that veteran presence to be able to say, okay, 
Um, teams are going on a run against us. Let's slow it down. A point guard presence. That- the, that, and that's that's where I am. Yeah. Where no matter how you feel about these guys personally mm-hmm. or or whatever, you, all of your young guys. And, and so this feels like the Sixers have sort of given up on the season. They're four yeah. and nine. Like most of us think that there's no chance for them to make the play in. Um, but it feels like they've all, almost admitted that where they've said, yeah, we're going to focus on playing these young guys now. It's like, okay, that means you've given up on the season. You have different priorities. Your priority is not to win. But even then, all your young guys, Trenton Flowers, Nick Marshall, these these are all wings. So like, how, how do you expect wings to develop and mm. to be in positions to succeed? Put them on the floor with a point guard. So no matter how you feel about these point guards, they are the best ball carriers and the best floor generals on your team. Yeah. So So from a basketball perspective, it doesn't make sense, which again scares me because you have people who are not basketball people making basketball decisions that are going to hurt their basketball team. I I want to see, and again I, I preface this with like I want to see more minutes in Trenton Flowers and Nick Marshall. I think yeah, but there's a I think there's a, the way to do it is obviously with with that. Um, let's not just roll it out there and completely flip everything. Let's just not shut down three players. And again, we're, we're just going with what we've been told and what we've been reading that that's going to happen. Um, what happens is, and to be honest... Besides, That's what I was told, by the way. Yeah, what you were Players told. Players were told. This. Right. So, and, yeah. and what I think doesn't help, like, if they could play any other team this week, they, they play the Taipans who, the way they play and the way Adam Ford gets them to play, yeah. you don't think they're going to smell blood in the water? Uh, Adam Ford is the, the king of... Uh, finding your vulnerability and going at it and just digging into yeah, it. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. That's it scares me on that on that part because you've got these youngsters and um like I feel like on one end if I'm Trenton Flowers and obviously continue to build his stock and and make the NBA one day like you're like this is great like I'm getting opportunity but yeah what what helps him what helps him grow you look back to that fourth quarter he had where he just took over yeah Mitchell McCarron was finding him yeah. He was getting the rock in the right places. He was cutting off the ball. They set up a couple of plays and, and took off. Is is that going to be Trey Kell? Is that going to be DJ Vasilevich trying to find him right now? I don't think they're not I, point I guards. It. Yeah, so they're not point guards. So it's going to be interesting. And um, and again, the Isaac Humphreys one is is kind of have they used him right all season? No, it's been two games. I think and, he's still been their most like efficient player. Yeah, and I, that's why I bring the question. I, they haven't used him near enough in what I thought. And yeah. Um, and again, so it's like if if who's your is it Toy Smith Milner? Is it Jacob Wiley playing the five? Like it's again that presence of if that's who it is. If you're an opposition bigs, if you're Josh Roberts now from the type end, it's like well they're not going to roll it into them too often. So I'm just going to help out on trying guard these other guards. So from what I was told, the and this was prior to it was weird because it was CJ Bruton given sort of a directive to do a thing, and then fired or let go or parting parted ways before he got a chance to do it mm. but the, the the starting lineup that was sort of put forward to him was Trey Kell, Vasiljevic, Trenton Flowers, uh, Alex Starling, Jacob Wiley. Now I understand the sort of the desire to play one the young guys and mm. two someone like a Starling who I think has given them really good minutes yep. over the past few games. Um, they're like there are coaches around the league I speak to where they, they like Starling as a small ball five he's a really funky player mm-hmm. Um but again, that was sort of given to CJ by non-basketball people. Um, and then I don't... The, the balance of that team, the, the, the shooting is not great as far as like across the board. There's no point guard on that team. There's no size on that team against a team that has size. Um, so so that's... Again, it's 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 all a bit... It, it, do, it doesn't feel healthy. 
Um, and we're going to have a reaction to once we see it all unfold because I, yeah. I look at that lineup and I'm thinking the same thing as you was like it doesn't it doesn't seem like it it's very balanced at all. And okay, I'm all for cha- changes. Obviously, have to happen and yeah. minutes will change for sure. But I'm not sure just going complete to the extreme is going to be the answer. And again, to, it, if they roll that out against Cairns and they yeah. come out with energy, because normally when a coach moves on and someone else takes over, teams perform really well. Yeah. And it's not because they're like, oh, the coach is gone. They're just, it's a, it's just something that happens in professional you sort sport. Of just, everyone, I think everyone looks in the mirror yeah. and then responds. Right. And um, so, and that normally happens. But even if they did it in one game, it's, I don't think that's going to be the sustainable answer going forward because um, Cairns have shown the occasional time to lay an egg and if that happened to be on Saturday as well. But uh, I, I'm <laughs> intrigued and scared. And <laughs> uh, yeah. as an Adelaide boy, grew up watching the Adelaide 36ers, obviously you want to see them succeed as well. So, yeah, it's it's strange times. So uh, so you being an Adelaide boy, you have you were a training player on Adelaide? 2009, yeah. So a whole year with Reese Carter, Adam Ballinger, Jacob Holmes. Wow. Okay. Those um, are some Craig names. Winder, Troy okay. DeVries was there. So I, we do want to talk about... We don't want to go back that far. Uh, probably want to go back to the last time they made the playoffs and sort of what's happened since then. But, but before we get there, the the idea of Scott Ninnis being elevated, uh, Craig Simpson was the mm. lead assistant for CJ Bruton. Uh, so some may think it's curious that he wasn't the one who was elevated to interim head coach. Uh, from the start of the season, the sense I got from sort of the playing group and people around that team was that no one has really likened to, to Craig Simpson and then sort of that there was a sense that uh, we knew that CJ Bruton was not on the chopping block, but there was a lot of pressure on him Yeah, uh, going into the season. So everyone knew that. So and that's think, on the back of last season. On the back of last yeah. season, on the back of a shaky off season again, mm. as far as recruitment. So everyone knew this. Um, and there's a sense that no one knew this more than Craig Simpson, who looked like he was auditioning. Uh, <laughs> and Craig is in, he was largely in charge of subbing as well. And so when you see certain guys get minutes, that's, that's largely because of him. Um, and so it's, it's an interesting one that, you know, they, they put a lot of sort of trust in what he could do, including in recruitment. He was the one who vouched for Trey Kell, who he was part of the coaching staff for in Southeast Melbourne. He was, he coached Jamal Franklin in China and sort of vouched for him. And Jamal Franklin came in and he wasn't great. He vouched for Tolly Smith-Milner who continues to get minutes over Karen Galloway, which is something that a lot of people around the league are kind of confused by. Um, and Karen Galloway is a guy that I feel like we're gonna, we should go through some names of players who are no longer in Adelaide. Mm. Uh, and I think Karen Galloway is going to be the next player on that list. Um, but the were, were you surprised at all that Scott Ninnis was the one who got elevated to this position? Uh, yes and no. I think um, for a lot of the reason you just look at and, again, just watching games and, and seeing it and hearing some things, I thought it would have been Craig Simpson as well because normally, I mean, it's that's the way it works. You, the yeah. head coach has moved on and then... Um, lead assistant. Lead or assistant like, goes yeah. in. But, uh, I mean, we just looked a couple of weeks earlier with Justin Tatum at the Hawks as well. Yeah. Sometimes it's it's the... You, to go to a completely different direction. And maybe that's where the ownership and everyone's looking at it. It's like, okay, well, if we've seen that Craig Simpson's had his hands a lot on it this season so yeah. far, and, and it hasn't worked. So instead of doing that, and as we keep saying, let's go to the complete extreme of we're, we're starting fresh halfway yeah. through. And, that, and that's the vibe I'm getting. They're, they're like, okay, um, let's try and have like complete new no, team, new, new everything. Team. Right. And yeah. that's what I'm, and normally that happens in the off season, but it's like, well, it, we just, nearly lost by 100 to Tassie. So let's just do it now and yeah. rather than drag it on. So in that regard, I'm not surprised. And I, mean, I know Scott in as well. So I'm like, um, I'm I'm hopeful that what he can do, I, 
what he can do without necessarily being told what to do in terms of like he's got a good he's got a great basketball mind. So okay. I'm like I, I would I would never endeavor that he's gonna feel that out and, and make things happen. But again, where you will time will tell. So this thirty sixes team has not made the playoffs since twenty seventeen eighteen season. Uh good year that. Good uh, good NBL season that was that the well, you, you were in that I won a you, championship against Adelaide that year. So that was like the five game series. <laughs> well, uh, could th- be the greatest of all time. That was re- that was I remember Daniel Johnson's shot in the corner oh, in Adelaide next to our bench. Yep. Yeah. Um, Over Josh Boone. It was that was a really so that was headbutt in game one. So <laughs> oh, it was game three or game game one? I think it was. I don't know. No, it might have been game three. But that was so that was the Shannon Shorter, mm-hmm. Soby Creek DJ Drimic Majuk Deng was big. Drimic, wow. Okay, so these are all these are all Josh Childress names. got hurt. Yeah, wow. So he got hurt by Barlow. Barlow, didn't, Barlow still hasn't moved, by the way, from that. <laughs> um, still standing still. So uh, Adelaide hasn't made the playoffs since that. Mm. Um, and so they had some Joey Wright seasons, and they had the, the Connor Henry era, which coincided with the Giddy era, and then the CJ Bruton era. There was a Jeff Van Groningen sort of era in, in the middle of that. Mm. So they've, they've gone through a lot of sort of chopping and changing. Um, why? Why haven't they? And they've, they've spent a lot of money in yeah. the process too. Last season, I was told they were the, they had the highest team spend. I think we team. knew that when you looked at the roster they had last year. You would, assu- you, you would have assumed it. But well, yeah. One, the two, I mean, I keep talking about how defense wins championships, but so does like retention of local talent. And you, yeah. you go through, I mean, I'm looking, I was part of Melbourne United. Chris Golding's still there. Dave Barlow just retired. Like yeah. you've got two centerpieces that you just bring other pieces around. But also, you, you bring back imports of multiple years that, that work. Casper Ware was there for a couple of years. Josh Boone, like these guys, yeah. like you, you come in and you find the pieces. Um, and then you just sprinkle other things and see what works around. I mean, Bryce Cotton now at Perth has continued to stay. I mean, he's he's a freak. He's yeah. one of the greatest of all time. But I mean, like, look at yeah. Sydney as well. Exactly. Sydney is like Angus Glover, Geordie Hunter. Jalen Galloway has signed on to, to mm. end up being there for like six or seven years. Uh, Brisbane, Tyra Harrison's been there. How long? Tyra yeah. Harrison, now now he's blooming now. So it's kind of like, and you and you get the sense now that like a guy like Justin Schuler, who understands that, is yeah. kind of putting their eggs in that basket of like, okay, we've made strides this season. Next year, we'll tweak some things or we get some yeah. salary freed up and but like that core group that retention is just so important yeah, Brisbane is moving forward to try to retain all the as in they're, they're looking at a Sam McDaniel mm-hmm. and Isaac White they're trying to make these guys like Brisbane lifers basically yeah. and, and I, I, I keep saying this it's in the NBL to make the the playoffs like you need just your superstars will, will carry you to the playoffs if they're good enough if you get the right superstars if you sign the right imports they will get you to the playoffs yeah when you get to a three and five game series your local, your bench guys yep. are going to win you that series because you that you rely on them more in the series. Superstars are paid to do their thing; they, they have to step up. And if they don't, going back to game two in New Zealand last year, they injured the Cooks and yep. um, Derek Walton Jr. In come these guys who it's have been Glover there, who have done Noy. that, and they get it done. Yeah, it hasn't been there for Adelaide. And with all of that that continues to go on as an Adelaide kid, and a lot of people ask me when I came, like, why didn't you go to Adelaide? You're an Adelaide boy. I'm like, I would have loved nothing more yeah. than to play for my local team. My first ever career points was uh, at the Clipsal Powerhouse, not anymore, isn't it? but like against Adelaide in the NBL. Yeah. So it was kind of like I never got contacted. Like I, that would have been a dream to do. And um, the players who have fallen through the cracks, I mean, we're going back to you talk about things that happened with Ingles and Brad Newley, who were oh, local true. South Australians. So it's, it's, but now more of the Lockie Albricks, those types, the Isaac Whites, those guys who mm. have found success elsewhere and never actually tasted wearing an, an Adelaide jersey. And, 
It doesn't matter who you've got on the floor. As a fan, and Adelaide fans are passionate, and I, I give them a lot of credit for what Adelaide they... fans are, are great. They're also smart mm-hmm. too, and like that's what that's what makes me feel bad about. Yeah, but like uh, they, they clearly want to invest. And you exactly, and you invest in like obviously players that are going to retain if they're not from there. But you just have that little bit more of a space in your heart for a guy that you know who's grew up down the street from you, right? Like, yeah, you've seen them through juniors, you've seen them through locals, and you get to see them on the big stage. That's that's the beauty of. It doesn't happen too often. You don't have too many guys who are in their in their hometown and have flourished. Yeah, so there's there's that part of it, which which we'll touch on. Uh, there's also just the general. So who are the players who've just moved on from Adelaide for one reason or another? And I think Creek is sort of in a different box, and mm. maybe Sobey's in a different one too. But you look at a Majuk Dang and Anthony Drimmick, a Jack McVeigh, these sorts of guys who are now. Ex- ex- I look at like McVeigh is excelling. McVeigh is an All NBL oh, level guy, hundred percent. Who the Thirty Sixers just forgot to extend an offer to when he was a free agent, mm. and Tasmania said, "We want you to be like our main local." Yeah. And he was like, "Hundred percent, good. Mm. I'm coming." Um, like that. That's that hurts, and. Those are the names. They're the ones that made the grand final. That, that yeah. Grand final in 2018. Those, and so those names. And got, they were huge. Yeah. So you've got all those guys. And then the, the the word that I get, and when I speak, I speak to everyone around the league, and the reputationally, the 36ers are just sort of kicking themselves in the in the foot. Is that the saying? Yeah. I think it's the glute, but. Yeah. Is it? it I don't know. The glute. The glute. They're, they're really, they're, these are these are like self-enforced errors. Yeah, right. To the point where reputationally, they're just they're just falling and falling. These guys from Adelaide don't want to play there, mm. so they, so an Isaac White wouldn't want to, doesn't want to play in Adelaide, and and a Lockie Ulbrich doesn't want to play in Adelaide, because reputationally they're just not they, they're better off going elsewhere. You're better off going with like a, a Justin Schuler in Brisbane, where you you can you can trust that you're going to be in a, a healthy professional environment. You you can trust that if you go anywhere else that you'll get more opportunity. It's just and and so. That's unhelpful, and then it just it spreads around the league. It's turning into a place where Adelaide is sort of like you go there when it's like you don't have any other offers, and and that is unfortunate because they do have money, and it is a proud basketball town, and it, it sucks that players don't want to act proactively go there. As and a kid who grew up going and and wearing a Willie Farley jersey to games, it, it does sting a little bit to hear that because. It always has been. You go back to the Brett Maher days and and, and winning mm. championships and the, obviously the general and and all of that. And I'm I'm not lost on hope that it, it'll come back to that. I think it's um it's it's too and not even just basketball wise, but like the city as a whole and obviously what the AFL teams I, are I doing. Like for a year. it's a, cool. I, it's unbelievable now. So it's kind of like I think it, it's sooner rather than later. But I think for the sake of everybody, it's like it, it should be. Like when you think about the NBL, like it, it should be okay. Everyone thinks about you got the, the small market teams, you got the high, you got the Perth, the Sydney's, um, and the Melbournes. But yeah, Adelaide should be in that conversation. I agree. It should. You've got you're right. You're not going to go there. It's not like the budget's like a Cairns or an Illawarra. The budget's going to be nice still to go there. Yeah. Um, it's a beautiful city. It's that a beautiful city, and it's it's for those people who haven't been to Adelaide who like to to take the piss on Adelaide. It's actually, it's grown a lot in terms of lifestyle as well. So it should be a very attractive place to go to. It, the Moles Balls are there, man. If you can't get signed from the Moles Balls, what are you what are you supposed to do? <laughs> the Moles Balls. Like, look, the city is fine. The, the beaches are beautiful. Mm. So again, this should be one of those places that everyone's clamoring to go to. Um, I think people around the league are just hearing what's going on and they just want no part of it. Mm. So they hear, for example, the way Mitch McCarron's been treated over the past few seasons and they, they say, I, I don't want to, I don't want to go there. Mm. They hear about the, the Sixers putting forward a contract to Denga Kuth this past off season and then voiding it 
because they wanted to go chase something else. And so all of a sudden it's like, okay, they're not going to treat you like that. Then, man, I don't want to go there. And so all of this stuff it just is just one on top of the other. Then they see this situation where you have sort of an owner and, and management making, decision, making basketball decisions. And it's like, okay, if I go there, is, is this going to be a healthy environment for me to exist in? There's no reason to believe that it would be. Um, which, which then goes on to what do, you, what do they do now? What do, you, what do you do from here? Let's say this season is a wash and they've effectively admitted that, saying we want to play our young guys. Is, do, do they need to go get, firstly, a basketball decision maker? Mm-hmm. Uh, and then what sort of coach do they go and get? Do you go and get, uh, again, everyone's Trevor Gleason, like Brian Gorgian, whatever. Put that aside for now. Do yeah. you go get a version of that or do you go get a, an Adam Ford type? Mm. Because Adelaide does have that weird, they're, they're that mixture of, they're a big market team sort of, but yeah. there is like a- It's not a Sydney, Melbourne No, type. there yeah. is like a small town vibe to it as well. So who do you get an up and comer? maybe with some experience or do you go get like a proven guy? Yeah, it's hard because in my head I'm thinking, and a lot of Adelaide fans you can see now and already saying, okay, like whatever Trev wants, give him the years, give him the money. It doesn't work like that. And nah. uh, uh, obviously that'd be be great and to have a guy like that. But oh, if you can go get Trevor Gleeson and yeah. Trevor Gleeson is also someone who comes in and he's the basketball decision maker as well. Yeah. Um, so you, you get, <laughs> it's yeah. the first name that comes to mind is going to be we. Used to talk about it, but he, he seems pretty set. Like Paul Hanari, mm. Paul Hanari, like he was assistant coach for me. You know, like he would be like for to have in and come in and, and make some changes to a culture to everything would be like a great, I think, a great fit for that. Yeah, like um, a winning, winning culture, proven guy, and um, and like super respected. Yeah, and league. like that's kind of like we've been waiting to see. Will he ever come back to the NBL? Maybe that's the the time. Like I think that'd be a great name, and mm. to see him back uh, in the NBL and, and take over. And it, again, it, it'd have to it'd be a multi year thing to to build up because we see like Shaw's made last year Brisbane. I mean, we're talking yeah. about similar stuff. What we're talking about now is Brisbane last year. Wasn't Honestly, it? like it's super similar. Yeah, so. and, and to and to a point where it's they need to go. They need to almost follow the exact same mm-hmm. tack. Look exactly what Brisbane's done. They yeah. have a basketball decision decision maker. They bring in someone like Shula who was. I think ready to take that step mm-hmm. and is generally well respected around the NBL. And so that gives you a leg up when it comes to recruiting players yeah. that gives you a leg up when it comes to just a guy's relationship and mm-hmm. just changing the entire feel of the place. Cause right now the vibes are bad in Adelaide. And that's why I think like a guy like Paulie, but there's other other coaches around there who are like, have those relationships who, if, if a lot of people are looking the other way, like I'm not picking up the phone to Adelaide, yeah, Paul and I was like, hey, mate, like when we work together here, blah, blah, blah. And all of a sudden you're like, okay, well, this actually feels like I could make this work. Like I trust Paulie. And you're right. That's the thing. That's the word, isn't it? You, you need a guy who comes in, the players are going to trust that things yeah. are going to look at. And again, uh, it's funny that we did mention that the Brisbane similarities. It's kind of like um, Brisbane are on the trajectory up. And yeah. you look, but it couldn't get worse from last year, could it? No. Similar to Adelaide where they seem like they're rock bottom now, right now. Yeah. It seems and- like- and you have to be, you have to have some like humility as well to maybe take a, I don't, don't want to say a down year, mm. but a year where you might not win a championship. Where it's, it's pretty clear you won't win. Yeah. So, so for example, Brisbane, I don't think it's like out of the absolute question that they can win a championship, but I don't think they will. But and and I think and, they think that yeah. next year is way more likely because of certain constraints and things like that. And, at the and very, they don't and, have to win a title this year, do they, to have no, a successful there's, year? There, well, there's no pressure on them to yeah. win a title. The, the pressure on them is to make some level of progress. And I think that's what Adelaide needs to do. They, they, you can't fall in love with with a home run 
at this point. You have to make progress of some mm. sort because right now the trajectory has only been downward. And I think to do that, you need to bring in some sustainable pieces. Mm -hmm. And whether that's a GM of, of basketball, whether that's a, a coach who can maybe act as both, but do it in, a, in an effective way, but just something sustainable and healthy. Yeah, uh, which is what, like, again, it's hard because everyone likes to compare things like to like Tazzy have come in and like, well, how, they made a championship year the first in top four. It's like, that's very unique. It's very rare to see the success they've had. So I think, yeah, you're right. It's that... um that next step of, of building it up um, and it'll come, but it's like the, those next couple of pieces are crucial, aren't they? Uh, of yeah. what, of what happens. So um, yeah, the dominoes will continue to fall, but hopefully they start falling in the right direction. Yeah. I'm, I'm hopeful that I'm hopeful that sort of uh, sane minds can prevail in this instance mm. and they can just act like, just like a normal club, just, just act like a normal franchise, treat people like human beings like there's there's just like a there's a lot of sort of like gossiping and rumor and things like that just go out there and like try to be a functional basketball team a functional franchise and I don't know, but, and find some happiness for that all comes with that because you're right yeah. like me you talk to the players you, you look at them and the game in new zealand obviously the game at home you're playing but the game in new zealand like they're all posting like that it was fun but it's like i look at that and I'm like, okay, that's I've got that. And I couldn't count on one hand the times I think they've all gone out there and, and had fun and whether that's yeah. the same off the floor. like, um, And again, the travel thing over the weekend would have been hard to do, but it's like when you're a team that's like everyone's together, like, well, okay, wait, this is this is going to be a tough week. But yeah. like this is character building. Yeah. And when they, well, we heard it come out and uh, when it's coming out from guys like Jason Kadee, like a, a veteran, like in, yeah. the, in the media before they go, like this is a really tough, bad itinerary. Like this is, this is going to be a tough weekend. Yeah. Like, Rather than saying like, yeah, we, this is going to be character building for us, like we're going to tweak things, it, it's the seeds have been planted long ago. And I, and I go back to that win against the Suns <laughs> was such a bad thing to happen. <laughs> Great for the league because it it just prolonged the Craig Randall experience, but and it, and it gave them this this aura of honestly, mm -hmm. it's, it get, it's similar vibes to something it's to Vasiljevic hitting big shots. It masks a lot of issues. Mm. And, and like that, and, and put the expectation on them even more. People are like, okay, they're coming in, they, they, they're going to win the title. And uh, I was saying it on radio the other day, them winning that game against the Suns further solidified my thought that they're not going to win an NBL title. Because some players thrive in an NBA environment where you yeah. come down and there's more spacing, there's more iso ball, there's all of that. It's not how you win in the NBL. Yeah, we saw the same thing with the Perth Wildcats against mm -hmm. J League Ignite. They look amazing because if, when you have NBA type guys out there playing with a ton of mm -hmm. space, they're cool. You come in here, you need your Wagstaffs and you need your Hiram Harris's to, to Who be... Who have both to, been unbelievable in this six-game win streak. Yeah, yeah. And, and yeah, I, I we're going to harp on Brisbane a lot because they've shown how you can get out of a mess. what was like a yeah, dumpster yeah. fire. Uh, like they, they speak about habits a lot. I was just at their practice. They do one, two, three habits. That's cool. But like it's real. Mm. And those habits are real and you've, you you got to go in, you got to go get winners you got to go get culture builders and just guys who can sort of foster a healthy environment. And it's not just the guys who you get to a practice and you're like, okay, they've been there 30 minutes before we're supposed to be there getting shots up. It's it, it's so much more than that. And yeah. I go back to my own experience of like the the Dave Barlow. Dave Anderson was 64 when he was running around with us in the 2018. Like, yep. and, but he was still doing all these, these things and just these professional habits where um, – and he, he's obviously – enjoying it because he's still playing at his age same with, yeah. with Barlow and who is that in Adelaide right now and, and again people are like well Mitch McCarron but I'm like you mentioned like the way Mitch McCarron has been, they wanted to move him in the off season so as a player you get 
those vibes and they don't, they don't want me here. Yeah. How are you going to go out there and be at your best consistently? Yeah. Um, and I, obviously he wasn't added where he came from Melbourne in the year prior to that. Um, but I don't think there are pieces around. That's a completely different story. But it's like that's he, – he's not going in there and, and not doing things. But it's like Dave Barlow's been to the Olympics. Dave Barlow's done this. So it's like, do yeah. they have the the wag stuff, the six championships guys, retention, and who who could it have been? You mentioned Mitch Creep. Like Mitch Creep from twenty eighteen, the one that got away. I mean, yeah. Sobey to just latch on and just be like, okay, no matter what, like Sobey's taken these strides. He was a top three MVP a couple of years after that when yeah. he went to Brisbane. Um, went okay, to the, went to the Olympics after went that. went to the Olympics after that. So these guys they've lost, but okay, Nathan Sobey's here. Who are we putting around Nathan Sobey to succeed? Which I think now Justin Shul is. Okay, Sobey's our guy. Who's that going forward? Who's that been the last couple of years? We thought it might have been uh, Antonius Cleveland and then what, that got taken out of their hands. Yeah. They haven't had that for a while. Yeah. Giddy was going to come and go. That was obvious. Giddy was sort of like a blip year. Mm. Um, but like Brisbane, like, yeah, they, they got Sobey and then you've got Baines. And mm. Baines, you can compare Baines to McCarran as far as like underperforming relative to the contract yeah. perhaps but you can you still find a way for those guys to succeed and yeah. find a way to He's been, of, you mentioned he has not been poor this year people like McCarran's to has been totally fine yeah, this year yeah it's it's uh, right? and like the, less minutes he's shooting it way better than last season which was mm-hmm. an issue he's been fine and, and it's just a lot of scapegoats but yeah and the, Adelaide has to look at some of the the, the way some other teams have, have operated mm-hmm. Tasmania did it by bringing in they just followed the Perth model because that succeeded uh, Brisbane you, we spoke about it on overtime a few weeks ago, bringing in a lot of those Melbourne habits. Melbourne United is a winning basketball franchise. It's not. It's not. Uh, you should never be ashamed to emulate rivals because they've had the success. And I, I mentioned that if on something overtime, is too. demonstrated to to work, you you yeah. go and do that. If Justin Schuler didn't do any of that stuff at Brisbane, he yeah. would be a fool. Yeah, because there's no point trying to be a hero and no, then lose. No, exactly. No winning solves all. You're right though, and um, and it's hard because Perth. Flipped it around mid-season, right? With yeah. does Adelaide have that capability? Well, well, what we've heard and seen, it, it doesn't look like. I don't it, think they have it? the talent to do that. That's who the or just, and or just yeah the pieces. The, the pieces to do it because again, there's no there's no wags no. to, to throw out there. But look, my hope is that they can move forward. They can hopefully breed some of these these young guys, and <laughs> maybe they can turn. Maybe Nick Marshall show something. I hope, I hope they give Kyron Galloway more minutes. And I hope he can turn into something. Two, uh, two guys who I'm so high on, and I would love to, again those consistent. But I also think they only thrive with some veteran calming heads around because the NBL is tough. I agree. Yeah. Um. Hopefully, hopefully that happens. Hopefully, cooler heads prevail, and these veterans are just are given reasonable opportunities, and they can just operate as a, a functional basketball team. Mm. That is my hope, and then ho- hopefully they get to the off season and they put healthy processes in place for this team to succeed because this is a franchise that deserves to succeed Yep. when it comes to the fan base, when it comes to the city they exist in, and just they keep packing out that arena. Yeah. And I feel bad. All last year as well. Yeah. And credit to management for doing that because that's hard to do. Uh, but there's, there, there needs to be sort of an overhaul in their mm. basketball decision-making um, and just how they operate as a basketball operations situation. It, it, besides, I mean, we mentioned Brisbane, but you look at a, a club and a, and a, a fan supporter base that deserve that playoff vibe next. Mm. It's them, right? Yeah, it is, right? Everyone else has had that kind of taste. I mean, Illawarra would be up there, but um, Illawarra was in semi-finals a couple of years ago under Brian Gorgian. It's like it's it's Adelaide's time, man. And I have more trust in Adelaide than Illawarra. The the fan base that they'll lean the hell into it, hundred percent. Once this is a winning team, yeah, I mean, they've still been selling out, which is crazy. But just I yeah. could just there'd be people. It'd be the talk of the town in, in such yeah. a positive light, and then 
all of a sudden you have that one year where you you make a semi-final series and maybe you fall short by a game or two. Yeah. But then you get a couple of phone calls from some big guys and, hey, can I come and join this next year? Yes, exactly. Yeah. Um, well, look, that's Adelaide. Uh, that was fun. They they sort of... We had to talk through it all. This, mm. this didn't deserve to be a segment. Yeah. This needed to be an entire thing. I feel like we covered all of our bases here. Um, and we're both hopeful that this team can turn itself into something healthy. Um, whether they do that, whether the sort of the decision makers in there foster those sorts of changes, that's a different story. We will see. Yeah. Uh, Reaction real and coming. Yes. Uh, this upcoming NBL week begins tonight, Thursday mm. night, Can uh, Sydney. Um, I like a Thursday night game because it's so games cool. that I don't work, so I can just sit at home and watch a game. And <laughs> I, I do work. On anything else. I do work a Thursday. Oh, you're so brave. I get Friday off though. <laughs> <laughs> um, so that's tonight. Uh, this will be a fun week. We're sort of finding out sort of who is and who isn't going to be in these yeah. playoffs, and yeah, we're learning all that stuff. So tune into that on ESPN. Tune into ESPN.com.au for all of our NBL, NBA, everything content. Uh, follow Peter Woolley on all the socials. He needs it. I uh, do, uh, <laughs> and we'll also just guarantee our, our headline or storyline. I true. could dollar one for something about Adelaide to feature, <laughs> feature next week. Very true. Either good or bad. Well, that's been Peter Hawley. I'm Olga Nulich. Uh Join us next time. See you guys.